0: Welcome back and welcome into to another episode of the Third Degree Podcast. I am your host, Justin Stanley. I am here with my boy, Dylan Meadows, as always. Dylan, what is going on, man?
1: A lot going on, Justin. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I woke up about, what, 15 minutes ago? Or <laughs> like 15, 20 minutes ago? So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just still. Waking up, I was off today. You're, you're well rested, yeah. I'm definitely well rested, uh, and just yeah, man it's it's been a good day already. Um, I was off, so I didn't really have anything to do. Thankfully, everything was just kind of just put together for me uh, as far as what I needed to the last couple of days. So, in the last couple of days, uh, I worked. Uh, I should probably turn the notifications off as well, so that doesn't happen. But yeah, man, it's been a good weekend. Uh, excited about college football. You know, that's thankfully back. Didn't really care much about the the games last week and especially even like the last little bit of preseason games didn't really care for. Um, I'm just happy that the real stuff is back. That's all that matters to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, you got big Thursday night college football matchups tomorrow. Obviously, the one game I'm paying close attention to is Penn State. So I'm excited for that I'm also not excited for that. Let's say they're on you know, upset watch. Down. You know that, right? Uh, it's dude, I don't even know at this point why it's like on upset watch. Like they're just not that good. They're not there's no expectation there that they're going to be good. I expect nothing from them. So to call it an upset watch and all these networks are like, "Oh, predicting this upset." Eh, come on, guys. Like it's <laughs> uh, is it an upset? They're on the road. Yeah, it's Purdue, but come on. I mean, is beating a good team and upset nowadays? Yeah,
1: and that's – I mean
0: – Did I say a good team? I meant a bad team. Well, I was – I, 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 I say yeah, you said good. I'm like, yeah, that's the whole – I meant bad. Is beating a bad team in upset nowadays because I don't think it well, is? Well, I think at this point it's uh like
1: you look at the brand of Penn State versus the brand of of Purdue and you Purdue. just look at it you're yeah. just like, oh, well – no matter what, if Purdue wins, no matter what the case may be, good or bad, like if the Purdue has a good team and Penn State has a bad team, like it'll still be looked at as, a, as an upset.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But you know what I want to talk about? Something that's not an upset, something that doesn't have me upset. It's the breaking news we had, what, two hours ago, two and a half hours ago, is that everyone's favorite receiver, first-round pick from the 2020 draft, Jalen Rager. The notorious draft pick that was taken above Justin Jefferson that had me punching my living room furniture was traded to the Minnesota Vikings for a return that was more than what the Dallas Cowboys got for Amari. I did Cooper. see
1: that too. That was that was wild.
0: Pure wizard wizardry for Mister Howie Roseman. Man, that dude is on freaking fire after his couple year hiatus of being able to wheel and deal and get some get some. You know a team together that can really compete in two days he has pulled off getting chauncey gardner johnson mr cd deuce from your new orleans saints which obviously had rob and i very excited had you upset i think all of saints twitter the louisiana new orleans twitterverse collectively was pissed like absolutely pissed i mean did you see people that were not pissed
1: No, uh, pretty much everyone (laughs) that had an input or anyone who had a take, it was, yeah, it was just all like upsetting because, and Justin, I think that's, I think that's, uh, that just shows as to how quickly this happened and how quietly it happened and realistically how, how I guess broken fast it got, like just, uh. Apparently, you know, CD Deuce just stopped talking to coaches. He stopped answering his phone. He ghosted some people from the front office. Like it, like again, it turns sour quick. And I think that's just money can do that. Yeah, it can. Um, but then again, in today's NFL, you know, unfortunately, safety is not a a high position of priority as far as, like, paying. Like, you don't you don't pay big money to a safety if you're in a, in my opinion, a win-now kind of mode. I mean, we've seen what happens. It's like a running back. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've seen what happens with, uh, like, with certain, you know, like with the Jamal Adams uh, situation, which you look back on it now, that looks like one of the worst all-time trades in NFL history. And I love Jamal oh, yeah. Adams. Uh I also love Minka Fitzpatrick, but with the Steelers, they're a little bit in a different situation because they're paying top dollar for their defense and they're paying basically peanuts for their offense. So they at least have the I guess the resources to at least pay money to the the safety just because they're not paying any money to anyone on the offense, you know, just yet. Not yet. Yeah, exactly, just yet. So there's just different ways, but what, with the Saints, you know, dealing away CD. C.D. Deuce, uh, yeah, man, like, it's still, like, I, it, it, even, you know, afterward, it still hurts because he was such a fan favorite. There's the notorious picture of him just crossing his arms and looking Tom Brady right in the face and smirking. And, you know, again, I, like I said in the group text, you know, he's like, he's one of the more the more notorious pests in the league. Like, he's he was the Saints Patrick Beverly in a way, and now he's basically the Eagles, Patrick Beverly. Like, it just – and, yeah, like what you said earlier, like with Howie, man, like that dude happened to give the Eagles, who were already a playoff team and already a nine-win team with an ascending quarterback, well, now the Eagles have six more starters on offense and defense. In order to reel in six starters in one offseason – that is almost unheard of, and that's why I said in the group text, I, th- I believe Howie will definitely be in the running for uh, general manager or executive of the year, you know, just pretty much just how like he just had the complete roster overhaul. Now you just added – or I'm sorry, you just sent away a receiver that pretty much just had a dark cloud with them the moment they got in the building. I- I'll say this, the, uh, the the Saints GM and the Eagles GM – totally different right now and I thought they were usually on equal tiers but right now howie definitely has the upper hand
0: I mean I I think that New Orleans fans would collectively agree that they do not want any more conversation going on between howie roseman no and anyone with New no. Orleans they do, they do not want anything to do the Eagles to be interacting with the Saints other than on the field I'm sure but yeah, man, it's it's crazy. Like you said, you nailed it. The offseason was ridiculous. It seemed like the fans were clamoring for a receiver. He got A.J. Brown. Clamoring for upgrades at linebacker. He did that. Clamoring for upgrades at all sorts of positions, man. The safety obviously was the last piece, uh, piece of the puzzle. Realistically, obviously corner with Bradbury. But getting CD Deuce, is, it's huge. Like I said, it's to me, it was the missing piece to this whole you know playoff run. Playoff hopes, all that good stuff. We had no safety. It was Marcus Epps and nobody. It was absolutely nobody. And to say Marcus Epps' name in that is not saying much either because outside of Philadelphia, he's not that well-known. He's obviously very young, still learning. But there's hopes there. But he wasn't the guy. Obviously, now you get C.D. Deuce, a guy, smash-mouth smash football player. He's got a lot of attitude, get in your face. He, he fits Philadelphia super well. I'm really, really excited about it. And y'all didn't have so. to
1: give up much to get him, too. No. Like that's that is the nope. the the heartbreaking thing as far as just a, like a return on investment from a Saints fan. It's just like it's
0: a, a like what basically zero. Yeah, it's
1: like like we didn't even get a, a second or a third. Like we had to just basically just give this dude away, like just because he was mm-hmm. basically asking for big money and we weren't willing to pay. Totally get that part, but to not even get like at least. Next year's two? Even a fourth. Like Like something. something. like Like We got nothing in
0: return. Realistically, Philadelphia could get, if they say they don't re-sign him, they let him walk this offseason because he is a free agent, obviously why that price was a little bit lower. But they could realistically let him walk and get a higher return on the investment there than what the Saints did getting trading him to Philadelphia. Say he signs big money somewhere else. You can get a high comp pick way higher than what the Saints got from Philadelphia to send him away. So the Saints moves there. I don't understand it unless it was like a weird holdout situation, which I really doubt it would have went that far. Who knows? Because fines and all that stuff. But it was weird, man. And I'm going to comment on Rager too, because obviously the dude gets a ton of shit from everybody. Everybody in Philadelphia, everybody in the national media from the Vikings draft room, laughing at him being taken above Justin Jefferson. I saw that. The constant reminder that Justin Jefferson – Went after Jalen Rager, one pick after Jalen Rager in 2020 is always in your face. No matter what happens, Philadelphia obviously got AJ Brown and they got Devontae Smith. At this point, well, let's move on from the Justin Jefferson talk. Jalen Rager is no longer here, but I will say, and you mentioned there was always a dark cloud over his head. I don't fault him completely for his down, like his four shortcomings in Philadelphia. Obviously, the ceiling was ridiculous with the whole taking him above Jefferson obviously Philadelphia is a very brutal fan base. They will rip you up. They will chew you up. They will spit you out all in a day, you know? So I don't fault him completely. I hope he goes to Minnesota and I hope he does a good job um, because he seems like a nice overall person, but I am so glad his time in Philadelphia is over because I was just so sick of the experiments. Him on punt returns in the playoffs obviously was just shooting ourselves in the foot. So, I wish him the best, but I am thrilled he is gone. And we actually got something for him, which is the craziest part of the whole damn thing. I wanted him cut yesterday. Yeah. Obviously, the NFL, they trimmed the roster down to 53 yesterday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. So I thought it was coming. It didn't. He was still on the roster. And now he's gone today. So thank you, Howie. You beautiful little man, you. We appreciate you down here in a amongst the third-degree boys. So shout out, Howie. Again, this is just what Howie does,
1: and now it's it's even more evident because it's like, all right, well, now since this person is out of our building, and you said it perfectly, we don't have to talk about Justin Jefferson anymore. Like, I kind of feel like it, once the Miami Dolphins eventually move off of Tua, they won't even think – the only time they'll be thinking about Justin Herbert is just when they play him, not every day in practice where we could have had Justin Herbert. So it's – Hey, that's why GMs get paid the big bucks. That's why pretty much they're allowed and supposed to really just dive into everything that they need to to just make sure that they make the correct draft pick. And now I think Ooh. how we, well I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Oh, I was, I was going to say I want to because I don't want to get off this point. I want to while I'm thinking about it. Do you think that? The whole right-wrong draft pick thing is very interesting. Obviously, the Rager, the Jefferson, you mentioned Tua and Herbert. There's countless, countless examples of this throughout history of, oh, this guy went after this guy and so forth. Obviously, the 2019 draft was big with DK. Um, Obviously, A.J. Brown, Debo, all these guys went in the second round. Um, Terry McLaren also went in the second so round. Went in the Probably third. other guys I'm missing. Yeah, scary ter- oh, scary
1: even, Terry. Scary Terry went in the third round. Even better
0: round. example. Yeah, like- even better example. But you had guys like Arthega Whiteside, Paris Campbell. Mm-hmm. These dudes went in front of these now, all pro-level guys. But let me ask you this. At at draft time or even like a year after the fact, I don't, do you think it's right to say, oh, that was the wrong pick, because at the end of the day, it could have been, you know, oh, player X played in this system. He may have not developed the way he did. And if, you know, they flip flop, maybe this player would have been good over here and this guy would have sucked here. Maybe it's the system more. So the player, do you think it's ever the case? Or do you think at the end of the day, you know, one player was better versus the other, and the pick is just flat out wrong.
1: It's a little bit of both uh, more on the, the former, I believe, because, where you land matters. Like where you land is Mm going to give you an idea. It's just from a player's uh, standpoint of how you're supposed to make your way into the league. So, you know, if you go to a, okay, you talked about Philly. If you go to Philly, you have to at least just have thick skin, knowing that this media market and this fan base is really tough. If you go to a place like Jacksonville, it's like, all right, well this place is notoriously known for losing, having high draft picks, but it's warm weather, and the owner is incredibly patient. So, you know, with that, you like you take the good with the bad. Um, hell, even the New England Patriots. When you go there, it's the Patriot way. It's Bill Belichick's say-so. So, in a way, I mean, it, it could deal with talent, but t- Justin, not only in today's, you know, NFL society, I just think to the, in today's society as a whole – talent's not just going to cut it anymore. At one point in the NFL and at one point in just regular society, if you had talent, then everything else, you'll just kind of learn as you go. But nowadays where I mean, people already who aren't as talented, but just have a good work ethic and and just work hard and just do what they need to do to outwork talent. You know, that just really just plays off so much better. You know, there's the old saying Mm -hmm. of, you know, um, hard work will outwork talent when talent doesn't work hard. And that's a little bit of Mm -hmm. how it is, again, just in the NFL and in regular society. But I also feel as though it has a huge emphasis on where you land. Yes. The system that you play in, how you're going to be coached and also the players around you. So with like a, like a wide receiver or like all these people that we've been talking about, they're incredibly reliant on the quarterback, getting them the ball incredibly reliant problem is they can't pick the quarterback unless they're a free agent. They can literally pick the quarterback. You get drafted, you go into the building, the quarterback is who the quarterback is. And you have absolutely no say so with that. Hell you have absolutely no say so of who the wide receiver is behind you or hell, even above you. If you know, if you're the number two. So I think it really determines on, where you're drafted, and also the coaching slash system that you're going to be in, because again, some players just eventually the cream rises to the top. Eventually, like the good players are always going to stand out, no matter what. That just is what it is. But if you're set in with a better situation and a better circumstance, you can pop much quicker. That's why. Well, that's why. Just like with quarterbacks, like Justin, we've seen, we've seen all these quarterbacks have all these like like these camps and these like um these personal trainers and everything we've seen everyone pretty much have more access to honing on their craft a lot more than we've ever seen so that's why i think the uh, the patience is you know kind of you know you know downsizing a little bit for all these position groups cuz everyone expects you to just come in and just start playing like and that's why i think like with NFL veterans you even hear about like with practice stories like they can tell within a few practices whether or not someone's going to make it. And like for someone like us where we have to just sit and watch how everything plays out takes us about maybe up till Thanksgiving or also to the end of the season, just to figure out how everything's going to play out. That's why I always say give it till Thanksgiving because, you know, at that point that's enough of that's enough games to give you an idea of what type of player, what type of situation the player is in, but I mean, and Justin, what sucks is that most of that is out, completely out of your control. Completely, mm-hmm. the only time where you have an interest in uh, in leverage, as far as like where you want to go, how you want to play with, who you want to play with, is literally just free agency. But if you're a good player, you're probably never even going to sniff free agency. Like you're never going to get hopefully, yeah, hopefully, but. You know, there's also the player empowerment that's a little bit like NBA-ish in the NFL. Just simply, just like I want out, or I'm not, or I'm going to show up to camp, but I'm not going to practice, or I'm going to show up to practice, but I'm not going to do anything. You know, there's that, but I guess it's just difficult because of just like the new CBA and just how everything just realigns. Where it, it, it well, it's tough because again. You, <laughs> I guess the easiest way for me to just simply answer your question without going on an elongated rant again is circumstances and timing and coaching.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I mean, what I've always said, people who criticize the Rager pick and trust me, I was Team Justin Jefferson. I was on Justin Jefferson since well, there were so many he mocks. Yeah, exactly. There were oh, so yeah. many
1: mocks that had y'all selecting oh, yeah. him. Like it was like to it the was point like, to where he
0: looked at property in Philadelphia in Jersey. He was looking like he, he thought he was going there. And I'll say this about Jefferson because I trust me, I was one who I liked him a lot. I didn't know he would be this. I mean, he's obviously incredible. He's one of the best receivers in the game already. But I said, honestly, if he came to Philly in the state that they were in, you know, in 2020 in that season with, that was just a disaster. If he came there that year, he would not be the guy he is right he now. He doesn't I have promise a
1: person like Adam Thielen to be a vet and teach right. him. Like he would have to be the number one receiver, the guy carrying the load. Yeah, exactly. Like he yep. doesn't have that mentorship to kind of develop and come along. He doesn't have an elite running back or a veteran quarterback
0: to at least help him. You know, nope. find his way quickly. And if media reports are true, he obviously would have had Went or he would have had Wentz his first year if he was drafted to Philadelphia. And the reports were true. Wentz didn't seem like a guy very interested in helping out anybody else that wasn't himself. So again, I'm not saying if Justin Jefferson came to Philadelphia at the time when he was drafted, he would have been a bad receiver today. But I'm telling you, and I would put money on this, he would not be the same guy he is today. Right. He would not be a top five fantasy pick this year. He would not be a top five receiver in a lot of people's eyes. So that's kind of my rant. And one thing I want you were talking about hard work. And I saw this the other day. It was, I believe, on Brandon Marshall's pod or whatever he does, I don't know what it's called, they were talking to, I believe, Derwin James, and they asked him some of the toughest people he's ever had to guard in the league or you know, prepare for. One of the people he shouted out to the people on the the platform surprise was Hunter Renfro. And if you want to talk about hard work and obviously, you know, being more than what meets the eye and being more than just maybe not the most physically gifted person, your example is Hunter freaking Renfro. Because that dude looks like my accountant. He looks like he should not be in the same like atmosphere or planet as DK Metcalf. But that dude is getting respect from pro bowl, all pro caliber players, defensive players. Because they know. For how hard he works, man. They know. He is incredibly talented. He elite route runner he's got great hands he was a huge part of the Raiders offense gonna be a huge part of the Raiders offense this year as well so yeah I just wanted to shout him out because he is literally the ideal example of you know outworking somebody who might be more talented than you based on just physical attributes right there he is staring you in the face of just working hard in it paying off so shout out to Hunter Renfro man But listen, I wanna I wanna change gears a little bit. We're talking about letting guys go. Let's talk about a team that decided to keep someone we all expected to be off the roster on Tuesday at four o'clock Eastern Time. That's Mister Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G stays in San Francisco to everybody's surprise. He obviously renegotiates his deal. I believe it turns into like a one year contract. The most guaranteed money for a backup quarterback in all time of all time I should say. And do we have another Tua Fitzpatrick situation? Um obviously not in Miami this time, but in San Francisco with Mr. Trey Lance and Jimmy G. What what the hell is going on, Dylan? Well, as much as we
1: want it to be Trey Lance season, we're not at practice. We're not in those meetings. We're not we're not in those film rooms. Answering questions from coaches, so we want it to be Trey Lance season, and I'm guessing that the Niners do as well. But right now, he hasn't shown them the to, he hasn't shown them the confidence that he needs, or I, I guess what I'm trying to say is he hasn't shown them what he needs to show them in order for them to feel comfortable moving off of Jimmy Garoppolo like it was literally only a matter of time and they did everything that they needed to do to really put him in position to again just be the guy and take the job but he just hasn't and you know you got guys in the locker room and that love Jimmy Garoppolo and were probably well aware that Jimmy Garoppolo's not going to be on the team so they have to you know get adjusted to the way that Trey Lance plays but again you know in practice and in some of the preseason games you're just seeing like You know, this guy still needs to learn how to play quarterback at a professional level. Say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo. And, yes, he is a flawed player, but he knows how to win. And not just win, he knows how to win specifically in January. Like, he knows how to win big playoff games and go to deep playoff runs. And people forget Jimmy Garoppolo has been a backup before. Like, it's not like he – is coming into the league and was the instant starter in New England, and you know he was supposed to be the heir apparent, but you know Tom Brady, you know, strong armed and was like, "Get this guy out of here." I know how much you love him; get him out of here. You know, just you know, it, it is what it is. So for him to be a backup quarterback, and yeah, how you kind of put it, the two of Fitz Magic or Fitz Magic uh, deal, it's that's that's literally how I took it when I saw the news. I saw it as okay, well, they wanted to be Trey Lance's team. He's not performing how they want him to, so they're going to keep around what they believe as another starting quarterback. And another factor, Justin, health. Like, both of these quarterbacks have been hurt. Even when Jimmy Garoppolo missed those games, I mean, hell, Trey Lance got hurt in the games that he was playing in. So that's also just the, uh, I guess, insurance policy, To whereas if Trey Lance does get hurt, Jimmy can just literally just step right in and, you know, business as usual. I think they did – you don't do this unless you have a rookie quarterback, specifically a rookie quarterback contract to play with. And you also have impending contracts like Nick Bosa or a possible extension for Fred Warner. Um, you know, uh, if Trent Williams decides to redo his deal and renegotiate, just whatever the case may be. Now you have a little bit, uh, you go from Jimmy Garoppolo being a. I believe a 27 or a $28 million cap hit to uh, I believe now it's just 6.5, which is also great, especially for Jimmy Garoppolo, because if he was to get traded, you know, now that cap hit has significantly dropped. Again, almost more,
0: more team-friendly.
1: Specifically team-friendly. So if someone happens to get hurt and they're a Super Bowl roster, like, and let's just say this, this happens. I hope it doesn't happen, but let's just say it does. Let's just say Josh Allen – um, gets hurt and he's going to be out for maybe two months. All right. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo sounds really great for just eight games for the Buffalo Bills
0: or. Same with the Rams. Man. Yeah, the Staffers Rams. Got the health issues with his elbow going on. Like who knows? Exactly. I'm, we're not here to say that's going to happen. Right. We don't want that to but happen. But it's still but a
1: contact sport and the injuries happen 100%. And the, the rate that they're going to happen is 100%. So It's definitely good for Jimmy Garoppolo as well. That way that the Niners never have to just simply outright cut him, which ultimately I believe they just never wanted to do just from an emotional standpoint. They really love Jimmy Garoppolo as a person. And, you know, people forget that when Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch got the job, you know, they were the ones to initially just start believing in Jimmy Garoppolo to be a starting quarterback and the hell they, they gave up just a second round pick, but to them, it's a second-round pick for a backup, and they didn't want to go through the whole process of actually cutting him because, uh, f- uh, from what some of the reports I read, they were legitimately worried that he could go to Seattle. Like Seattle could actually, yeah. oh yeah, offer him.
0: where else would he go? Right? Where else? Well, there's nowhere else he would go. And you're just going to feed your one of your biggest rivals over the past ten years. You're going to feed him a starting qu- or feed them a starting quarterback, which could honestly. Make them, not I wouldn't say relevant, but it makes them a hell of a lot better. Much better. Yeah, it makes them annoying. It makes them a thorn in your side if they have a competent quarterback who, as you said, has got it done in January. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's been to the NFC Championship game. Multiple last times, year. yeah. Last year. Just hit my mic. I was so excited about Jimmy G in the championship game. But he's been there, man. And you don't want to give your rival that opportunity. But the good news for the Niners is – having a good backup quarterback, one that you can trust, rely on if you need to go there is the best insurance policy you can have. There's not one better. You can't get a better one from Aflac or Capital Blue Cross. None of those guys have a better insurance policy than what Jimmy G is giving to the 49ers right now. And you you nailed it earlier, man. It just it was it was a smart decision in my they opinion. They had to it, the right they, it
1: really was and it also helps that Jimmy was just in such, I don't want to say good spirits, but he was just so cool with, okay, yeah, I'll come to. I'll come into work. I won't practice. I'll just be off to the side, you know, throwing, basically just be like a zoo animal. Like, I'll sit there and I'll wave at people. I'll throw the ball around. Yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever. Like, I'll be there, you know, just because – you know they 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 just love Jimmy Garoppolo and also the the teammates love him as well. Like George Kittle just swears by the guy. Same with Kyle check and uh, uh, Debo Zamu, Like they all literally swear by the guy. And yeah, oh yeah. And I guess I guess, and I, I guess Kyle really took that into consideration as if okay, if we not only cut Jimmy and he goes to Seattle, there's a chance if we cut him and Trey Lance isn't what he is with the roster that the Niners have. Okay, well now you have a chance at losing the locker room because everyone's looking around and be like there's a star, there's a star, there's a star, there's a star. We have a lot of great players here, but our quarterback can't get it together and we've and we just moved off from a quarterback who took us to the NFC championship as you said last year. So just you don't want to lose that locker room especially with that roster. You don't want to have anyone Doubting you, especially as a coach or as a leader, great business move, I will say. It's a great compromise, but again, it's also the works of Jimmy Garoppolo being cool and being, you know, I guess team friendly and you know team first in that way as well. Because I don't think he really wanted to go through the process of being cut either.
0: Yeah, probably not. And one thing I learned from one of the many things I learned from Blue Mountain State, great show by the way, is phenomenal show, Alex Moran. Um, former backup quarterback, former starting quarterback as well. But as a backup quarterback, he taught me the best job in life is is being the backup quarterback. And that's why Jimmy G probably doesn't give a shit. In in New England, he got to sit there and win a couple rings, make a lot of money. As obviously, I believe a second round draft pick when they took Mm -hmm. him. And, you know, now he just got paid a lot of guaranteed money to be the highest backup quarterback of all time. To hopefully not even have to play, not have to take the physical abuse on his body. And next year, he'll probably just go somewhere else and cash in and make some good money because of his success that he's had over the years. So, shout out to Jimmy G, man. He is just doing it he's all. He's a dude's dude. He's doing it all. He is. He's, he's a, a guy's guy. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. He just rolls with shout it. Shout out to him, Yeah, man. for real. I mean, being but a backup I can't give quarterback much- helps. Yeah, but I can't give him too much love because my wife thinks he is just the hottest thing yeah. on planet Earth. But, like, if she saw the 49ers were on TV, she would be like, oh my God, Jimmy G, is he on? And I'm like, get the hell out of here. Go back to your freaking TikToks. And you, can't even dr- yeah, here. you can't
1: even draw a jawline that good and he's got it. It's mm. it's like, if you're yeah. an artist, like, just to get that form of then just the way of how strong Michelangelo it looks. Yeah, like, just to have that strong of a jawline, like, bro, like, man. Save save some for the rest we're, of us. Save some for the rest of us.
0: We're going down a weird path, man. But listen, I want to go over a few more topics before we get out of here. One of the things being the Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders have been a very hot topic all off season with all the moves they made. From you know, even going into the last year with the Gruden situation. Or yesterday, this, that and the yesterday other. is what caught my oh, eye. Yeah. That's why that's that's man. what I want to talk about them. Because and I think we're on the same page here. Obviously, what they had to do when it came to cuts at the end of the day is that what is that where your head's at? Yeah, like is your head somewhere else? Well, I
1: I mentioned in the group text, like the Raiders yesterday showed me as a non Raider fan and got me excited again as a non Raider fan. They literally drew a metaphorical line in the sand, and they're not. They're saying just no more. They're they're basically just like just no more nonsense. Like. The players mm-hmm. that Gruden and Mayock brought in, every one of them, get out of here. Every single one, draft every class. one of them, get out because they were nothing but reaches. And you know, we're just going to draft on potential or draft on, uh, pretty much just uh, speed. Well, speed and just again, just speed and expectation and. You know, it's funny because I I look back at how like Mike Mayock's decision makings were, and then you know, here recently we were talking about the Monte Teo um, documentary. Mm -hmm. I forgot that he's actually he made a little uh, little cameo appearance in that, saying that he would actually give Monte Teo the Heisman at the point. So I'm just like, well, man, right then and there, we should all just kind of just figured like, man, this guy has questionable draft decisions. We just were so accustomed to seeing him on. NFL Network he was the draft expert. Yeah, and during the, the combine, yeah, he was the draft everyone went to him as far as like rankings, position groups. Mm-hmm. And now when you actually have the chance to put all of that on a that you put on your resume, you have a chance to show why you're that person and the players that you chose, when you chose them? No, absolutely not. And I think Ziegler and uh, Josh McDaniels all just looked up and down that roster and was just like, "No more, not we, we don't no. need him minute. no more."
0: <laughs> I mean, Alex Leatherwood when they, I remember, I forget. You see who claimed lied, him? The Bears. Yeah,
1: that's how desperate right? they are. That's how bad. Oh yeah,
0: they claimed like they claimed like five or six they, players yeah, today, which they is they were. Insane. yeah. it was one of the most. You're right. You're right. You. It's like you're mean. You mean to tell me? And I'll get back to Alex Leatherwood here. He's going to get my peace of mind, but. You mean to tell me the Bears, when they cut down the 53, they saw five to six players that got cut from other 53s that were better than the best they had. That is unheard of. Three wins, maybe. Absolutely unheard of. Maybe three wins. Maybe. I said it before. I said it last season. They had a few extra wins they shouldn't have had last season, in my opinion. They are the worst team in football. I don't think it's close. I don't care how good Justin Fields plays or how well he plays, excuse my improper English, but – they suck. They put together, they have one of the worst assembled like offenses I've probably ever seen. It's, it's ass. They are ass. Now, speaking of ass, back to Alex Leatherwood. When they drafted Alex Leatherwood, I was out and about. I was excited. The Eagles got Devontae Smith. I was hype. And then I see in the first round, they drafted Alex Leatherwood. And I just go, who? Who? Like what? Where on my report is he? Because he's not even on like the first three pages of my draft guide that I got from Mike Mayock. No, I'm just kidding. But (laughs) it's just a joke, man. Like it was taken. Farrell at what number four? Four. The two years prior to that. Damon Arnett,
1: Uh, pretty high uh rugs yep. they kind of took kind of like where he was like supposed I mean, they to took go him above
0: judy and c yeah like he was the very first one he was fast yeah, exactly i mean they took josh jacobs in the first which even that whole strategy if you look back to like the behind the scenes it might i don't know if they were hard knocks that year or what it the was but they were panicking because they thought the eagles were going to take him because the eagles they let philly jump in front of them to take dillard unfortunately but they're they like, oh, well, look, look what we did. We allowed them to take him. like, how do you – if you're that set on a guy that where you're, like, stomping around your draft room, why do you even let that happen? Like, just the inadequacy of that that draft room, the front office, everything that the Raiders did during that Gruden era was a joke. So I'm happy to see them hopefully moving in the right direction, making these smart decisions. Um and obviously, looking for a big, I'm looking at the Raiders to have a big, big season. As I think you are, as I think a lot of people are. So I'm excited for the Raiders. Just, that's for damn Justin, sure. Justin, some
1: people are picking them as an under, like an underrated Super Bowl team. They're saying that this team could make the Super Bowl. Like that's how possible,
0: possibly I mean, good. they you gonna can be. make it out of that division, if you can make it out of that division alive and maybe win that division, yeah, someone's got to finish last in that division.
1: Someone has to finish last, and I think... Who finishes last? On the
0: spot. Who is it? On the spot? Oh, yeah. On the, who's going to finish last in that division? It's tough. Broncos.
1: Ooh. I was going to say the Broncos, too. Well, just because they're the... Even though they brought in Russell Wilson, which is a huge improvement, they already had amazing roster, they also have a first-time head coach who... I read a report, and I got major Brooklyn Net vibes. Justin, I'm talking oh, major. Serious. Well, it's just because of what Russell Wilson said. Russell Wilson.
0: Does he say more than Broncos country, Let's ride? Like, did something else come out of his mouth? <laughs> well,
1: I mean, that obviously, you know, just for PR, PR clout, he has to say that, so... Mm-hmm. No, Justin. Like he was, you know, you remember how the Brooklyn Nets were uh Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant were just like, man, we don't really need a coach. It's more of a, you know, like I could be the coach, KD could be the coach, like, you know, Steve Nash is is just kind of there. Well, Russell Wilson was talking about a partner. He he used the term partnership with Nathaniel Hackett, saying like, well, you know, Nathan and I just kind of work together. You know, we don't I don't look at him as a coach. He doesn't look at me as a player. We're partners in this term. And I just when I read that, I just thought, oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah.
0: I don't here like that. It comes. Rob's not gonna like to hear that either. Here, Rob's gonna be pissed. Here
1: it comes and major Brooklyn net vibe. So the moment that he said that, plus that Nathaniel Hackett is a first time head coach, Russell Wilson's a veteran quarterback, but There was talks of, you know, is he kind of gaining a little bit more weight than he is or if he's, you know, kind of losing a little bit more of his deep ball ability. But, I mean, there was just all those speculations, so to speak. But to me, it's just, again, just because the Broncos are just – they have the more questions. And, again, I have the Chargers winning that division. And I said on a previous pod that doesn't look good because the Chiefs are having an amazing camp and – Their playmakers are already emerging. Um, I don't think the Raiders are too, too much of a threat to the Chargers because I think the Chargers just have a better roster, but the the, the Raiders are coming. And yeah, like you said yesterday, there's there's no wrong answer. There's really not. There isn't, but then again, there is because again, Justin, like at the end of the day, this is a win and loss business. It it is. Are you winning or are you losing? And, Normally, the team with more question marks and the team with a quote-unquote noisy off season those are the teams you want to kind of stay away from. And I just literally put those two facts into consideration, and that's why if I had to choose right on the spot a team to finish last in that division, it would be the Broncos, even though some people are picking the Broncos to make the Super Bowl. But it sounds like,
0: you know what? I put my money on that. Before they got Russ I always take a real sleeper Super Bowl pick Just because you never know Like Rob almost did it um, He did it with San Fran When they made the Super Bowl A few years ago But I put my money back, Way back On the Broncos So I kind of hope They get to the Super Bowl But I do think They finish last I'm with you Well I mean Even it's finishing last out.
1: In that division Can still win you Possibly nine games It's not like, yeah, you, like I mean, That that division's gonna be So tough and they're And thankfully They're just gonna Beat up on each other And I mean that should be battle tested. Well, that's just good news for the rest of the AFC specifically. It's like, all right, well, if we do happen to get one of these teams in the playoffs, more than likely they'll either face each other in the first round or they'll face each other in the second round. You know, because obviously mm-hmm. some team has to win a division. Let's just say the let's just say just for argument's sake, the Chiefs win the division, but they're the two seed instead of a one seed. And the Chargers, no yeah, exactly. So, But the Chargers, they're, um, or I'm sorry, not the Chargers. Let's just say the, the Ravens just happen to just sneak into the playoffs, and they're in the number seven seed. So now you have, for a third time, the Raven, or I'm sorry, the Raiders playing the Chiefs in the playoffs. And you just, if you're looking at that from a perspective of, uh, you know, like a Buffalo Bills or – um like uh hell, even the the Tennessee Titans or the, the Colts or the Bengals. You're looking at that like, okay, let them do like let them deal with that. Like let they're they're yeah. way over there. Someone's gonna win or lose that game. We feel much more confident about our matchup just because we're avoiding the AFC West.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So it, it's gonna be crazy how that shakes out for sure. Um, one thing, one other thing, I want to talk to you before we before we wrap this thing up, and it doesn't have to be long because I think it's bullshit. But speaking of Russell Wilson, uh, we saw the the prime ball, the Thursday Night Football prime ball. Bullshit was that Amazon's if, promoting. I was wondering
1: if you were going to talk about this.
0: I'm kind of glad. Oh, I want to talk okay. about it. I'm going to give them what they want. That's exactly what Amazon wants. They want us to talk about. It. They had Justin Herbert. They had Russell Wilson slinging but, this damn thing. But Justin,
1: we, we talked about this. The, Amazon is not in, in bed with the NFL for money. Even though money is going to come, they're not getting into this business for just a profit. So they they're coming in this like kind of like how the Saudis are coming in with live golf. Like they're coming in this like we got a bunch of money. We're gonna do a bunch of weird stuff. Here's a new ball. <laughs> like. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, we talked about just, this, but it's 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 so weird. It's 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 because it's, it's just because it's different.
0: And the first, it's there's no way it's real. <laughs> that that's my stance. There's no way that ball is ever. Well, okay, I won't say ever. It will not be used in a game one day of the week when the other days' games will be every other game that week. We use with a different ball entirely. It's absolute bullshit. There is no chance that's a real thing. It looks like a freaking Nerf ball. The commercials look like the um, the Tom Brady video where he's throwing the damn ball like back through the jugs machine. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Where he throws it and just freaking shoots through and everyone's like, is that real? No, that was not real. That's like defying the laws of science and God all combined. It's not a real ball. There's no. If, if that ball is real, I will buy one and I will gnaw on it. On, on air, live. I don't
1: – well, it's, it's just the shape of it.
0: It, it, it. it looks like Hey Arnold's head. It does
1: because it literally – they've taken the ball and they've deflated, pun unintended – yeah. And they've elongated. elongated it, yeah. So it's basically just, that's why, like, the Apple, or not the Apple, but, like, the Amazon, like, you know, little smile that they have. That's why they try to, like... That's
0: that's exactly why they did yeah, it. Yeah, like...
1: It's bullshit. It, it's not it, real. That's, well, I mean, it's real. It's real, but it's, but it's, like... It will not be in a game. Well, not only that, Justin. Mark my words. It, it's odd, because you, you mentioned Justin Herbert. Uh, we saw Russell Wilson throw it, and... I think there was someone else that like had a video of them throwing it where it just looks like the ball just travels at a greater distance just because it's just so it's like it's like thinner, a hundred
0: mile per hour fast. Yeah, like out of their. It's hands almost as videos.
1: if dude, um, uh, dude, perfect is uh, you know controlling that ball or like something that like they would like mess with or anything you know just dude, it's ridiculous. I can't it, didn't it looks. I think it did. Like some people were saying, like we actually it made like a little bit of weird howler, sound. Like when you heard it's it, the
0: howler Nerf ball. That's what that freaking thing reminds me of. If they put a whistle on it by like week, the this whole fake thing goes on for a couple of weeks. If there's a whistle in that ball, I will not be surprised. They're they're in bed with Nerf. It'll be some dumb bullshit, and I can't believe people are actually like, oh my god, a new ball on Thursday.
1: Nope. It doesn't look good. It no looks shot. very, very odd. Now, if they're doing this dumb. for – if they're just strictly doing this just for entertainment purposes, the, yes. just because they think that this could lead to more passing yards and more relevance with fantasy and more relevance with gambling and you know possibly the outcome of scoring and determining whether or not scoring matters, I can see that. It sounds like you – I think that's where your head is as well as far as – you think that's why this is kind of like a play, but I mean
0: Oh, I'd think it's just a like little kid go buy this ball at Walmart or on Amazon better yet. <laughs> there's no way that touches an NFL field. They would have if that were real, they would have tested it in the preseason. You know what I mean? When I say real, I mean yes, they can physically make that ball all they want. It will not be thrown in an NFL game no chance. If if it is, man,
1: if, if 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 that if that ball is seriously used on just Thursday games, every Thursday game. That ga- doesn't
0: make sense. It's just exactly. It's like, sense.
1: all right, well, not only that, it's also like, all right, just from a gambling and just from a fantasy perspective, you're like, all right, well, anyone who's playing on Thursday, there's the chance of, you know, arcade mode, like we're just going to just rack up yeah. points everywhere however wherever just
0: give them flags just give them flags (laughs) if they're playing with that ball take the pads off put some flags on your waist and we're we're playing flag here
1: (laughs) yep okay i mean yeah yeah i mean yeah the arcade mode and like the high scoring mode for sure like that's what they're kind of like promoting like with that ball which is why i think okay for entertainment purposes that's that's interesting because yeah, more scoring and you know more points are you know again like with gambling, like the outcome of a score. But as far as like from like an advantage or just like for a uh, NFL player, even like getting accustomed to something like that, I think like if, you imagine if Aaron Rodgers just grips that thing and just like just literally just kind of like fits his whole hand over it because it looks he, like you he can would actually think he's let- back.
0: He would think he's back on the ayahuasca tea. That's what he would think he's. He's like I'm back in trippy land. Hate it. Hate it. It's not real, man. I'm not even going to give it any more attention. Listen, Dylan, we got to close this thing out, man. It was, I could go on f- forever. There's so much more to talk about with the season literally next week. Football starts tomorrow for college. It's next week for NFL. It is huge. We are pumped. We have so much in store for the season, so much content that's going to be kicking up, Um, obviously with it being our season and you know our listeners' season because everybody's Everyone's season's football season, but so stay tuned, stay pu- plugged into the socials. we have a lot of more there, obviously, with Ball and Barrel, with Dylan, with the college show. Obviously, you'll see that every week. So there's a lot to come, man. We're super, super pumped. I'm pumped. You're pumped. We're all pumped. So again, listeners, as always, we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to listen to what we had what we to say about football football and our unbiased opinions as i said or i didn't say the twitter account said earlier about the raker trade very unbiased people here but dylan as always listeners as always go birds
1: subscribe to the podcast tell your friends tell your enemies follow us on the socials interact with us in the socials dm us do whatever we're everywhere football's back baby who dat